I'll tell you right now, this this uh, this weather in Pittsburgh this weekend got me feeling the blues, man. <clears throat> like I, I I live like literally, I can take the trolley to the game, not even have to drive, enjoy myself, come to and fro, real simple. It's forty degrees and supposed to light rain all day in Pittsburgh on Saturday while we play the Steelers. Not too old to sit out in that kind of weather. You know what really annoys me about people that live in our diehard Steeler fans always tell me about, and even the national media does this thing a little bit too. I really hate that they like to think that Pittsburgh and Cleveland more specifically too, that those are the only places where it gets frigidly cold in our division, that you got to come face this Steeler weather Bro, it get cold here in Cincinnati, too. In fact, I'm going through the same thing. I got a hat on. I got a coat on and all that stuff. It is freezing in Cincinnati, and it can get it can get crazy in the jungle, too. But yeah. we do have some unseasonably warm weather periods. Pittsburgh sits right there on the edge of, what, the three rivers, you know, um, by what their stadium is. They get that effect from that water, and Cleveland gets the lake effect. Same river. That stuff. Yeah, <laughs> the same Ohio River. But they Same got- river. The, the coldest game the in NFL history was where? In Cincinnati. River, Riverfront Stadium, Cincinnati. Yeah. Like, we ain't new Ice to this. Bowl. This is not new territory for bad weather games. Like, we understand it. In fact, we beat Pittsburgh last year in their house in December in bad weather. Or was it November? Uh, I can't remember what week 11 was last year. But anyways, it was really cold, and we iced them up in their stadium. So I, we ain't worried about weather. I'm worried about it on a personal level. I want to go to the game. I can't go to the game like that. I ain't dropping enough money to go sit in no. Uh, by the way, I don't like sitting in like the club seats and stuff. I like being out with people, but I like being out with the people like 50 degrees and above. Can we just? What's that's, wrong? That's if it's not thing, gonna yeah. be a white Christmas, roll in 58 degrees. Let's do it. You know, a little bit of tears coming from your eyes right now, Bernie. That's enough of your. Sh- <laughs> The intro saved me from the SEC. That was nice. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening, tuning in to us again. We're running through the jungle. of your host, Brandon Harriet, a.k.a. Beat Dirt, with your host, Justin Lacey and Tim Lyons. What's going on, Mr. Lacey? Yeah, just kind of continuing off of the cold weather vibes that we're all feeling right now in this late December. First and foremost, happy holidays to both of you. I know by the time we get on the mic and talk um, would be game time after Saturday. But before mm-hmm. after that, it's going to be Christmas already going to be passed. So, you know, I got to give extend my holiday wishes to you all, you know, right now while we're on the channel. So and I think that's kind of, you know, pirouette off of what we talked about before um, with the weather. I feel like the only place 
that is deemed probably necessary to sit in the frigid cold is Green Bay, and that's because of Lambeau Field and the history behind that. And also they have Town that's right there too, where they have this really big snow slide and sled, bobsled, whatever thing that they got there. I don't know. I haven't been there before, but I hear about it. It sounds pretty cool to me. So I think that's probably the only exception, but I'm with you all. Outside of that, I ain't trying to sit in no cold weather like that, for real, unless it's a real big-time atmosphere where you don't care about the cold. Yeah. I'm, but either way, that's not going to be me. I'll, I'll sit there at home. No, I ain't got time. I ain't got time for that. Tim, what you been up to, man? Yeah, I've just been working a lot, you know, and you guys are complaining about the weather. It, it's it's raining. It rained here all the damn time. But it, it was actually oh, 52 wow. degrees, a little Northwest. bit of sunny. Yeah, yeah y'all, y'all complained about, oh, it's cold. It's raining. Oh, that ain't nothing. That's like every Man, single day. Come on, Tim. You ain't I'm getting crying. that frigid weather up there in Seattle now in the Northwest. Oh, it's- <laughs> Oh, it snows up here too, man. It snows one one year. I'll tell you this right now. I'm gonna tell you a quick story. One year, it snowed so bad, we could not get up the driveway, and we couldn't get down the driveway. My wife ended up wrecking her car into the fence post, and AAA came over and said, "Nope, can't help you. Have a good day." So yes, it does get cold here, and it does rain, and everything else during the you know during our winter time. It's either going to be snow or it's going to be rain, and it's going to be miserable. Well, AAA that's, couldn't help you, but at least they sounded like they were polite. They, they also sound like that they <laughs> were realistic. Like, yeah, a, we ain't trying to put us in this mess. Yep. Yeah, that's that's, that's unfortunate. But I know I care with you all. I know it's bad. It can get really crazy weather up there, especially with a lot of rain. I feel like the sun don't shine like twenty percent of the year. So mm-hmm. I get you. Well, hey, listen for this episode. I'm gonna tell you right now. We're going to skip a little bit of uh, my stuff and Tim's stuff as far as the analysis goes. You got to go over and catch that on Strange Love, where we had uh, Big G from the Steel Curtain Network, who I do a podcast, the Homies Podcast, every Friday night and Homies Overtime after that. Um, And very, very good episode. G is very knowledgeable, very objective, and um, brought up some real real good insight, real real good – Real good content, man. I was very happy with that episode. So a couple of things I want to piggyback off of those things that we talked about and um, and, and talk to you about, it, Justin. Um, before we get into our normal opportunities and concerns going into the game, Big G talked about the culture swing. And this isn't something he brought up uh, th- just this episode, too. He's been talking about this on the Steel Curtain Network for the past several weeks where the culture swing for the Bengals versus the culture swing with the Steelers right now is almost like trading places. Uh, we're seeing the Bengals, no matter who's in, next man up mentality, let's go get it. Let's you know pick each other up. Joe Burrow on the sidelines with the headset and the pad, going through, helping every, everything he can do. Um, and in 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 Pittsburgh, you're seeing – um, Deontay Johnson at our last game pouted about not getting a touchdown call. And then the next, next, uh, um, possession, there was a fumble and he didn't go after it. Just stood there. Uh, mm-hmm. now you've got George Pickens, not trying to chase somebody on an interception, not blocking on a run play, things of that nature. And a lot of chirping here in Pittsburgh where I live, uh, on local radio about, how they're losing um, the locker room and the guys on offense just don't have a very good culture. 
What's your take on the culture? You know, obviously we probably talked enough about the culture with the, the Steelers there, but what's mm-hmm. your take on the culture and the culture changes here uh, with our Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've always respected the culture of the Pittsburgh Steelers in years past because it always felt like that no matter who was out there, they always seem to make it work regardless. There's a reason why Mike Tomlin never had a losing season in his, what, 16 years as a head coach. I do want to think back to 2019 when we referenced this, because if people don't recall, 2019, people remember that year the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. The Ravens had the number one seed at 14-2. and two. Lamar won MVP unanimously. But what people tend to forget was that Pittsburgh ended up finishing that season, I believe, 8-8, eight and eight, because that was before the 17-game season. Roethlisberger injured his right elbow. And Duck Hodges. Too. And they ended up having Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges split um, split reps at quarterback the rest of the season. And it wasn't just Big Ben who they left, who, I mean, who they lost that season to start off and we too, if I'm not mistaken. They lost a lot of people on both sides of the ball, but their core of strength of their organization kept that team together, as well as Mike Tomlin being the the – the motivating speaker that he's always been. But however, as what you just stated, you are seeing the culture change where that message is starting to go, go stale. It sort of reminded me of Marvin Lewis in 2018, even in 2017. And I feel like that those are really worser times there. Cause at least they have some several wins notched under their belt this season. So far, they're still in the playoff race. It was to the point where during those years, when we compared the later in back into Marvin Lewis's tenure, even when we were before we were mathematically eliminated, we were always talking to ourselves like, all right, we're checked out. And that's where I feel like that that's where the Steelers team is right now. It feels like that most of these players are just looking for the offseason. They're checked out. Mike Thomas's message has gone a little stale. You know, the the stuff that you're saying about um, their players are not making the plays like the hustle plays that you're talking about. You're starting to see that pop up more than ever that you ever could imagine. And that was really not the Steelers way before. And, you know, it always got exhausting hearing about all the Steelers brand and all this, that they were always a tough, hard-nosed, gritty football team at heart, no matter who was out there. But when I watched last week the Colts steamroll the Steelers, and they all they did was just hand the ball to their two backup to the backup running backs. Let me, let me say that again. The Colts had two backups to their backup, Zach Moss, and they just kept running and running and running down Pittsburgh throat. And Pittsburgh knew that it was coming, and they still – couldn't stop it. They wouldn't stop it. Yeah. It felt like, and I think that right there was telling enough that, yeah, I think that they're just ready to call it in a season. However, we've heard this narrative go on and on before, and I do caution Bengals fans thinking that you're going to be the team that is going to let that continue. You don't want to go into that mindset. Of, All right, these guys are going to quit. That doesn't mean that you got to be on high alert that you can get upset in this game. But it does mean that you still got to respect them as a valuable opponent. They already beat you once before. And you got to go in there and kick behind like you haven't done before because you still are 0-4 again in the AFC North. So, But to the culture talk, I believe that the Bengals culture and how we have been able to pivot and kind of gel around Jake Browning, it has just shown. The Vikings game told you, man, I, I, I'm hearing a lot of – talk about the Bengals culture as one of the more positive momentumous things in all of NFL right now. And that's because the downswing that you're seeing with teams like Pittsburgh, who's one of the more storied franchises in all of the all of sports in general, 
has taken a big time nosedive. And I think that people in Pittsburgh are probably ready for a change. Yeah. One of the things that I mentioned on uh, strange love is you know, the catalyst to that culture change. I think we would all point to Joe Burrow. Right. And all right. Here's where I, I dive into it a little bit more on, on that show is um, because of Joe Burrow, look at some of the free agents that have come to play with mm-hmm. us. You know what I mean? You Now you get your Trey Hendrickson. Now you get your Ted Karras piece. Now you get Orlando Brown Jr. You get some of these guys that are consummate professionals and, and, and leaders in the locker room and you know, Walter Payton man of the year war uh, nominees and stuff. So that, that to me is where you, you, you see Joe Burrow, not just what he says and does, but the kind of people that want to be around him. Mm-hmm. Like that's, exactly. that's a pretty powerful thing. Um, let me add to, let me add to this real quick too. And now I'll let you continue. It, it, it all stems back to the culture. What I said about Zach Taylor defining what it means to be a Bengal. And that what it means is you have to be a tough, hungry and accountable teammate that is going to do whatever it takes to get the job done. That is the definition of what it means to be a Bengal. And the Bengals organization echoes that sentiment from the top down and is echoed throughout. Even if Joe Burrow's not on the field, you see it play out. You lost DJ Reader and you see them step up and have two back to back fourth and inches, third and inches and fourth and inches stops where that probably doesn't happen in years past. You, I mean, you might get fortunate maybe with a game here and there, but, like, that doesn't happen on a regular, especially when you're losing guys left and right. People want to come here because the Bengals are identifying those key components of what it means to be a Bengal and then signing those guys. It's no surprise to me. I was down on the Trey Hendrickson signing, I'm not going to lie, when it immediately happened at the time. But, man, I'm so happy he proved me wrong because I've been on his train for the, for the longest time on this show. You guys already know it can witness that, but – It just sounds like that the Steelers, that the brass of the Steelers logo, their emblem is losing this is morale a bit there, because just because you wear the logo, you put on that Steelers jersey, that doesn't mean that you automatically, you know, just get everything handed to you. I think the catalyst from the turning point that led to a downswing in that was Juju Smith-Schuster. If you Juju Smith Schuster was a guy that played for the Steelers and thought like, oh, we got this because I we play I played for the Steelers. But when adversity hit, you know, he wasn't the greatest teammate to be around. In fact, he was kind of the opposite. Not saying that he was a complainer all the time, but he wasn't the guy. He he felt like he was an entitled guy all the time. And it shows that just because you wear the Steelers jersey, that don't mean you can just, you know, mess mess around. I was gonna say a cuss word, but I had to catch myself. That don't mean you gotta mess mess up and you know start pussyfooting around because this is a football game that you still got to go out there and win. It reminds me of when I watched the last dance, Michael Jordan, when he got into it and punched Steve Kerr in the face, that was a kind of a memorable uh, talking point during the show. But what he stated that what led up to that was he's new coming back to this team after rescuing the bulls in 95, coming out of his retirement, they fell short of the playoffs in 95. And then in 96, when they ended up going on to have the record-breaking 72-10 and 10 season. But before that season even kicked off, Michael Jordan was getting in his teammates behind in this in, in uh, basketball in training camp because what the problem was is that he's seeing all these new guys coming in on a team that wasn't there when the Bulls won the three-peat in 91 to 92 and 93. But these new guys that's coming in that had absolutely nothing to do with that championship rosters riding high off their three championships 
when they ain't had nothing to do with it. So he had to get in their behinds and let them know that, dude, there's a standard here that you got to uphold yourself in, in a mental state of mind. You can't come joking around, act like, oh, just because we're the Bulls, people are going to lay down automatically. I think that's the problem what's happening in Pittsburgh, that they don't – their brass does not fear anybody. It never feared me, but it used to back in the day. And other teams in our division are starting to feel that too. Baltimore never really feared the brass. Cleveland did because it wasn't – it was always that they had the same issue that we've had, never being able to beat the Steelers. But you don't see P Cleveland scared of Pittsburgh either. Not necessarily scared is the right word, but – they're not intimidated by what yeah. you see in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, I will I'll close the culture talk by saying this. I think the the correct mindset to have for the Cincinnati Bengals on this, I don't care what they do in Pittsburgh. I care what Excellent. they do in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Let them do whatever they want over there. Let it go. Take care of our house, play our game, get our type of people in our building and do the do our thing. And that's that's where I really think this team is moving towards. And it's, it's it's great to see because it hasn't always it's been it's, been, it was, it's, it's, been, it's been, been spotty at terrible. best to have that kind of that kind yeah. of culture around here. Um, I want to want to switch it up here real quick before we get into um, some of the 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 game analysis with uh, Justin Tim. A couple of injuries from last week and uh, DJ Reader. Was torn his quad or mm -hmm. tendon off his quad and is out for the season. Do you think we've seen the last DJ Reader game in, uh, in the stripes? I can hope not, but unfortunately, you know, he's uh, getting up there in age. I think he's going to be what 30 and then probably here soon. Um, this is his second time. I believe it's with the same, same injury. Um, unfortunately, I don't think that, I, I don't think that the Bengals do re-sign him after this. Um, on, you know, I would love to see DJ reader cause we need DJ reader or that type of guy. Um, you know, but I don't know what free agency is going to provide us if, if anything, um, when it comes to defensive tackles, um, we could we could see DJ back because of the market, you know, the defensive tackle market. Um, we do have, you know, some rookies, you know, like uh oh my goodness, I'm forgetting his name, number ninety nine. Miles Murphy. Miles Murphy, yeah, Miles you know, Murphy. I, I know he's not a defensive tackle, but you know, to have that mentorship from DJ because everybody loves DJ, you know. I know I watch mm -hmm. Kay Adams and Kay Adams talks about DJ Reader all the time and how much and and we are and what he does off the field also, you know he, he's a great man and I would love to see him back with the Bengals, but unfortunately I don't see I don't I just don't see it happening. I see them let you know letting him go. Yeah, I I talked about it on the Roaring Reactions, man. I felt horrible for him. Yeah, everybody can kind of tell, you know, and um, it was announced kind of right when we were going on. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, historically, the Bengals don't give 30 year old defensive tackles uh, right. big, big contracts. Um, cue my love affair with Gino Atkins. But <laughs> um, but uh, I, I agree with you, unfortunately. And it's we're in that thing where who are we going to pay, right? Right. So 
if if DJ's off the off the table now, and we're not going to pay him, now we really have to do some in depth analysis with um, Cam Taylor Britt coming back, DJ Turner, uh, Mike Hilton. You know, can we get Mike Hilton on a on a lesser deal than a Cheeto? Does Cheeto then become expendable? And then we draft another corner, and then maybe we have more money than freed up to, I don't know, say keep one of the play toys around for Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that something now we can get into those 20 million conversations with you know, 23, 24, whatever it's going to take to keep T. Higgins here? Possibly. I think, I think in a weird way, this DJ reader injury may actually increase the odds of us keeping T a little bit. Yeah. It's weird. Football's a weird beast, man. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I know Cheeto, he, you know, he's up for contract as well. Mm-hmm. Um, with the year that he's had, you know, maybe something opens up. Maybe they take a friendlier deal. Um, or maybe, you know, like you said, maybe they walk or they'll be let them walk. You know, um, it, it's like, I don't know what's going to happen in the free agency. I don't know what's going to happen in the draft because we never know if the Bengals are going to draft a. Uh, a guard the first round or you know what are they going to do um unfortunately you know well i won't say unfortunately fortunate fortunately for us right now we're, we don't have to worry about that right now right now we're focusing on our Bengals winning game you know worrying about game by game and hopefully we can squeak into the playoffs and uh see what happens yeah very true very true i don't want to spend too much time on that but there right. is some interesting analysis just uh you know, man, put that in the back of your mind as uh, as the season prolongs here. Uh, that's something we're going to really talk about in the offseason for sure. All right, Mr. Lacey, let's talk about um, opportunities and concerns you see going into this game. Where do you see some opportunities for the, uh, the Bengals, and where do you have concerns where uh, the Steelers might be able to take advantage of some things we got going on? All the opportunities is on our offensive side of the ball. And you, I said this on the tail end of our at last episode when we did our reaction show. You have the opportunity to take the street fight to Pittsburgh and put them out of their misery while they're going through this downswing. We're on a three-game winning streak. They're on a three-game losing streak. You need to send a message that this does not need to be the get-right game. This does not need to be the game where you're going to get in Jake Browning's head and you're going to have him throw that pumpkin game that, again, everybody seemed like they're waiting for when it, let's just be honest here, kind of already happened. This is the game where you need to show that, uh-uh, we are going to win this games in the AFC North. We are still the two-time defending AFC North champion, no matter what's going on in Baltimore, no matter what's happening with the Cleveland Browns, too, on the side. This is our division still that we still run. And if Joe Burrow was in the hell, it was at the helm, he would give that message to, to the team. We're still the big dogs. Y'all, y'all kind of forget that when he said that after throwing that game clinching touchdown pass in Heinz Field, now Akershire Stadium, when he looked at in the camera and said to them boys up in the stadium, we're the big dogs now in their house. That's the mentality that you have to have on offense. And I feel like that's the perfect opportunity with it, with all of the suspensions. Now, like DeMonte Casey, I'm sure we're going to get into that. Mika Fitzpatrick being out. Now, normally the Bengals are not an opportunistic team that could take advantage of people that are losing guys left and right. But this is the game where you should because 
We talked about culture. These guys are looking towards like it feels like that these guys are looking towards the offseason at this point. Maybe without maybe not so T, not so much TJ Watt, maybe not so much Alex Highsmith, you know, Connor Hayward. I know he plays offense at tight end. Maybe not so much Cam Hayward because those are still the leaders of the ball club. But at the end of the day, you got to trust your guys to be able to outmatch your guys no matter who's on that side of the field. So that's my biggest opportunity. Here's my biggest concern, though. Their offense against our defense is the, the flip-flop right off the bat. The reason why I say that is because not because I'm scared of their offense. I'm absolutely not. I didn't care if Kenny Pickett was still playing and he came back and played this game. I didn't care. I wanted Mr. Bisky. That would have been great. Doesn't matter who's playing that quarterback. They all stink. Okay. We we kind of see that now. But I really am low-key worried about their rushing attack, rushing attack against our run defense because DJ Reader or not, man, we still have not found a ray, way to significantly neutralize or stop the run game, except for maybe a few games this year. But the continued problem was, dude, these guys couldn't stop a nosebleed. People are running for big-time plays for a pop, like maybe it's five or six or seven yards per carry here and there. Just last week, just this past game against the Vikings, Ty Chandler just ran wild. That was before DJ Reader went out, and afterwards, it just still didn't happen. Again, I was very proud that the team collectively was able to gal galvanize themselves and stop him, especially on them short yardage situations, and be able to help us win the game. But nonetheless, man, that, that's still a concern to me, and it's going to be a concern moving forward when we go against the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cleveland Browns to tell, finish it out the season. And if we're fortunate to lock up a playoff spot, it's going to concern me when we're going into the playoffs as well too. So um, not that I am scared of Najee Harris or James Conner, or what's his name? I'm sorry. I literally James Warren. Oh, I'm sorry. Jalen Warren. I was about to say James Conner. Started with a J. My apologies, Jalen Warren. You're good. You're a stud back. Uh, you're nice. But I'm not scared of their rushing attack, even though they do have a nice change up in the backfield. But what the problem always persists with this Bengals team is they make guys like Najee Harris have big time days where it feels like Najee Harris is a just a, a big, strong back, but doesn't get a lot of yards. You know, he's kind of under succeeded in Pittsburgh, if you ask me personally, but he tends to get in the end zone when he's playing against the Bengals for some reason. Yeah, he got in the end zone. He had uh, 90 nine yards on 6.6 .6 average um mm -hmm. yards per carry uh warren had 49 so we gave up uh, 148 to the two of them but warren only had 3.8 i think it was yards per carry where our weakness is is in the middle of our defense so mm -hmm. the running back that's bigger and runs between the tackles more we we don't have success against um tight end Fryermuth lit us up for a buck 20 like those are things that we gotta we gotta fix. I mean, it, absolutely, we, we, we can't keep doing that. Um, you know, Chase is probably out for this game. The injury with a separated shoulder; it's the AC joint. I've actually had that injury. I'm not going to bore you with a bunch of talk about it, but I will say this: you know, the the concern about that is if the, there's a hit to that shoulder, it's not everything else with it is pain tolerance, right? But if you get a hit to it, you can actually at that point um, break bone and and cause possible surgery. So that's the concern. Depending on how bad that sprain is or that that tear is, um, that's going to be 
a two-week thing or a four-week thing, sometimes up to a six-week, but I don't think that's what we're looking at. I think we're looking more of that two to four. So be interesting to see. I know we got a big game. I don't want to look past the Steelers, but we got a big game coming up that following week against the Chiefs. Be interesting to see where that sprain is. Of course, they will not tell us anything um, because that's what they do. Uh, But (laughs) we'll, we'll try and figure it out. If we hear anything, you'll be the first to know for sure. So we appreciate you guys listening to us where you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google Pod, whatever that may be. We're going to take a quick break on those podcasts to pay some bills. At that time, go ahead, hit that subscribe, share us with a friend, tell a friend to share them, share us with their friends. Uh, We love the support we get from you guys. We build it each and every week. If you're on YouTube, you're going to look at our ugly mugs for a few seconds, and then we'll be right back. Right, welcome back, Bengals fans. Running through the jungle here with the host, Tim Lyons, Justin Lacey, and me, Brandon Harriet. We uh we're coming to everybody's favorite time. Everybody's favorite time. We got game balls. We're gonna do some game balls. We're gonna do some predictions. And uh as we have in the last week or two. Uh, you know, Justin has made the point. Let's do, uh, we're in this, we're in this, uh, thick of this playoff, uh, push. So we're going to talk about those playoff, uh, implication games as well. Give you a quick preview on those, but Hey man, we're going to throw it right back to you, Justin, Justin, tell me who your offensive defensive game balls are and what you think score this game is going to be my friend. All right. So. This is going to be a challenge being that we got some key guys and that's not going to play like Jamar Chase. Because if Jamar Chase was playing in this game, I think it's a no-brainer that he gets my game ball prediction. But I'm not going to go that route. Instead, I'm actually going to go Drew Sample. He called a touchdown pass against Pittsburgh the first time we played him. He has been one hell of a blocker, blocking in the backfield, along with the O-line, helping protect Jake Browning. And Jake Browning has been looking to his tight ends, whether if it's Tanner Hudson, Mitch Wilcox lately, because I saw he threw a couple passes to him too. But Drew Sample has also been that guy too. I am going to predict, and this is an off-the-wall wild prediction, because everybody who knows me knows that I'm always going to pick one of our three wide receivers and or the quarterback. But I'm actually going to go with Drew Sample to Hot get another take. touchdown prediction. Hot take. Love it. Yeah, and I'm not a Drew Sample homer by no means. I hated it when we drafted him in the second round. But nonetheless, he's shown his value playing with Jake Browning at this point during this three-game win streak. He's shown him what he's capable. I'm sorry, four-game stretch where Jake Browning has played quarterback because, again, he caught a touchdown pass against the Steelers was the first time he played him. So I think that Drew Sample shows his value more than just a blocking tight end I think that he's going to make a few key catches and get in the end zone again this time. All right, man. Who you got on defense? I literally just forgot that you just said defense game ball and score predictions. My apologies there. (laughs) Sorry, we'll keep it running. All right. So as far as my defensive game ball prediction, um, this is kind of starting to become a regular guy we're mentioning. Um, But I want to go with Jordan Battle, and I think he is going to have a nice game. But I need to put some love on Miles Murphy because I think that he's found it. I think that he's the guy that 
people wrote him off early in the season because he didn't flash on the screen, you know, earlier in the year. And they, they, they set an unfair precedent against him because he was a first-round pick. Well, let him develop. And I think that he's going to have that kind of game to like he did last week where he's going to get some nice tackles for losses. He has an opportunity now with the reshuffling of the defensive line because without DJ Reader, you're going to have a tough time stopping the run. But he's a really good defensive end that can actually stop the run. So I think that not only that he's going to be involved in some maybe some key losses or key tackles for losses and turnovers, but he might get knife in there in the backfield and get him maybe a notch a couple of sacks along with Trey Henderson. I'm hoping for sure too. I am hoping Trey Henderson outplays T.J. Watt just because I, I just I still want Trey Henderson to just to nab that defense player of the year. But right now, I, I'm going to give the rook Miles Murphy my defensive game ball, um, and that makes my score prediction. Listen, the Bengals know that they got to win this game, not because it's the next game on the schedule, not because of, you know, we're in the thick of it in the playoff race. It's because they don't want to come away 0-5 with Cleveland on deck in week 18 in the AFC North when the perfect opportunity to get a win is right now. You have to beat this team. I don't care if it's in Pittsburgh or not. You got to beat this team. They're reeling. You can see it. The, The message in the locker room is not good. So I'm going to predict that the Bengals do end up pulling out a win. It'll probably be an ugly one. 20 to 13 is my score prediction. It's kind of low to medium scoring right there. Um, and but I won't be surprised if the Bengals put up more points. Trust me. But this this is where I'll, that's where I will land for the score prediction for now. 20 to 13. I can dig it. I can dig it. Uh, Tim, uh, let's kick it over here to you. Offensive game ball. Do you also have Drew Sample? I do not. I do not. <clears throat> so, go ahead, Brian. That was upset, Lillard. I, I thought I thought you would. Listen, that's uh, Justin went hot takes for this one. He has been. He's done a lot. Been a lot of chalk on his takes on offensive defensive game balls. He did not go chalk. No blue bloods. Mm-mm. He he went. I mean, yeah, I like it, man. I like to reach. I, I'll tell you right now, if those two guys get game balls, we win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that being said, no, my game ball is not going to Drew Sample. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to go with Joe Mixon because, you know, as we said over there on Strange Love, being in between the tackles is what's going to is, is what's going to happen on on Saturday against Pittsburgh. You know, with the weather, with it being a little bit rainy and cold, you know, is 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 it going to rain? You know, is Jake going to be able to you know hold on to the football and you know and throw the ball well? Um, I believe we're going to run the ball a little bit more between the tackles. Last time we played the Steelers, Mixon only ran the ball for eight times. You know, for eight times. This 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 time, I think it's going to be different. I think we, I think he'll have probably 14, 15 carries and a couple targets on him. You know, for screen plays um, or a little you know little uh, out passes to him. Um, and he has a uh, hundred, a hundred total yards, and he keeps on going on with the touchdown every week. Uh, defensive wise, um, you know, I love Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton, he is a dog. He is, like I said last week, he is that pit bull out there, getting tackled for losses and interceptions. I believe we're gonna see a re. I I, I believe we're gonna see that this week against the Steelers. 
tackle for losses. He's I think he's going to get a, at least revenge you know, game. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, he's going to get a revenge game, but he's still going to go in there. He's going to he's going to upset you know some some runs. You know, he's going to go in there and gets a tackle for losses. Maybe he gets a pack. Uh, uh, excuse me. Maybe he gets a pick or maybe he gets a sack. Um, but I'm going to say Hilton is my defensive game ball with at least ten tackles. Now, with my score prediction, you know, Brandon told me what the weather was going to be like in Pittsburgh, and I was like, you know, maybe I'll change my. Uh, you know, I have to relook at my score prediction. But then I looked at the weather during that time period, and I'm like, well. Maybe it's going to rain. Maybe it's not going to rain. I'm going to hope, and I know Brandon doesn't like me hoping, but I'm going to hope that it doesn't rain and we're going to score 31 points to 17. Bengals win. I think there's a possibility we score 31 points even when we do get some rain. It's not going to be nice. heavy, heavy rain. Um, it's going to be more of a light rain, but uh, you are right. Uh, one of my favorite quotes of all time is hope is not a strategy. So, uh, you, you know, I'll hit you with that. Um, all right. I'm going to go offensive game ball here. I'm going to go T Higgins. I think they're going to put Joey Porter Jr. on him. Uh, they have no safeties uh, starters playing. They have um, – Minka's out with a knee injury. KZ got suspended for the rest of the year for his hit on Pittman last week. So I think T uh, is going to have some big catches here. On top of that, I've got him somewhere in a 115, 125 round, two touch or at least one touchdown, excuse me. Um, on top of that, I think he's going to get some critical penalties because Joey Porter Jr., very handsy defensive back. Yeah, he, uh, and I don't think he's dealt with anybody with the size and strength, especially hand strength of T. Higgins. So that's going to be an interesting matchup for me. Um, defensively, man, you know if it's mucky and uh, I, I, I think Trey's going to put somebody on skates, push him around a little bit. I got T Trey Hendrickson getting the upper hand on this one. I'm going to go two and a half sacks. Oof. And a strip sack force fumble. That's a hot take right there, bro. I like it. Uh, what's he at? 14? 15. 15? 15. TJ's at 16? Mm -hmm. I think he takes the lead after this game. I think Trey walks out with more than TJ. I think so, too. And I think he takes the lead. And I think. Sack leader lead. The cultures, like we said, are changing here. And I think this is the opportunity to make a statement game here. This is the nail in the coffin on the Steelers season. I got the Bengals going in to Akershire Stadium. 24-13, Bengals win. Loving it. So that's a clean sweep for us picking the Bengals, which – you know, I don't always do. We've, we've here and there not always done that, but I think this is one of those statement games. This is, uh, you know, hey, you're not in this conversation for the AFC North title anymore. I think we need to make that known. Um, yeah. now that we have, you know, Jake Browning has gotten some more time with the number ones, looks more comfortable out there. I expect him to do his thing. He cannot hold on to the ball like he did last week, give it a 
five five sacks. We cannot do that. Four of them were his fault. He's got to get rid of the ball. If it's not there, throw it in someone's feet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's uh, before we get out of here, let's go take a look. Uh, you know, there's a big AFC playoff race, and um, everybody saw us last week after the Colts beat the Steelers. Saw us jump into that sixth spot, and the reason why is because there's an equation where we own all of the head-to-head matchups. Colts being one of them, Jags being one of them, um, Buffalo being one of them, Buffalo being one of them. Like so, there's some there's some good wins we have. There's also some losses, and we're not our overall record in the AFC is not great. So the Broncos and the Texans are the two teams that we really got to watch because if they go in there, even though we didn't play the Broncos, right, they get in, it changes that whole equation matchup, and then we have to – it no longer is the head-to-head matchups. It goes to the AFC conference schedule, and we're on outside looking in. We run the table, we're in. But those two are the biggest matchups we got to look at. Now, we got the Browns are at the Texans. The Texans are favored by two and a half points. Um, they got the, the win last week with Case Keenum, uh, an improbable win. I, I, I'm imagining I CJ Stroud will be back this week. Um, be interesting to see what he does against the Browns defense and what they plan on doing against that Browns defense. Cause you don't want him taking a bunch of hits from miles, uh, Garrett when he comes back from a concussion, uh, Justin, what's your take on that game? That is going to be one of the most interesting games to watch this week. Surprisingly, as if you're a Bengals fan, you low-key want to root for the Browns to win this game, not because you want strange to see Cleveland bedfellows, win. isn't it? It's a strange bet, just because they have the number five seed right now. They're nine and five. Right now, it doesn't look like that you're going to be able to catch them even if they were to loop, win this game and then lose the next two. The head-to-head tiebreaker in the AFC conference record, it's not going to be in your favor for you to overtake them as the fifth seed. So with that being said, that's a, that's a you need to watch Houston as what you stated before. But something tells me I think Houston comes out with this win. Even if C.J. Stroud plays, which – I'm hoping that he does because he's had a fine rookie season. Um, I hate for him to not continue that to kind of put a non-core performance based off of what we've seen him do against other teams like us with Joe Burrow, by the way. Um, it's, it, he's been fun to watch, and I liked watching his development and watching him grow. So I really hope that he does get a chance to play. They're at Houston. Their fans are going to be riled up for that game. I know Deshaun Watson's not playing, but there's a part of that Houston's fan base that's going to be like, I want to stick it to Watson even if he ain't playing. So – while I do think that Browns, the Browns' defense can muster up a ton of problems, their secondary included, and they had a lot of injuries themselves too, this one feels like this one's going to be a Texans win um, by a narrow margin, probably three or four points. The Cleveland Browns also been getting very fortunate too with their wins. Like last week against the Bears, oh my gosh, that could have been a loss for the Browns, as you predicted, be there, because you the one that thought that Chicago can upset Cleveland in Cleveland. And I didn't think that was going to be the case. But, man, watching that game unfold, Chicago really should have won that game. It was just very frustrating if you're a Bears fan watching that, thinking, like, it seemed like everything is going against them for no reason. 
So, and I think that in the Hail Mary just proved it where it bounced out of his hands and then ended up getting kicked up and intercepted to seal the win for them. But I think that Cleveland's luck kind of runs out this game. Um, but I don't, I will not be, I would not be surprised if the Browns do come out with a victory, but I say Houston win. Yeah, they had a wide receiver on his back and the ball landed right in his lap. He didn't catch it. We got a defensive cackle out here doing that. What are you doing over there, Chicago? Let's go. Yeah, we, we got BJ Hill crazy over stuff. here. I, I always want to call BJ Hill BJ Penn too. This old USC fan of me. Sorry. Um, yeah, so CJ CJ Stroud. That's a huge at, difference. Yeah, big, big difference. Uh CJ Stroud as of Wednesday night uh, Wednesday has not practiced. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Um and, and it'll be interesting to see what that line does if he does practice on Thursday. Uh who knows? All right, Tim, I'm going to throw you one because this is the other one we can't have in there, and it's on the West Coast. That's why I saved it for you. Well, it's not on the West Coast, but it's farther west, closer to you than us. How about that? Okay. We got the Pats going to the Broncos. The Broncos are favored by six and a half points. Um, can we get uh, Bill Belichick and the Evil Empire go out there and steal one against the Fighting Russies? <laughs> You know, the Patriots are like, you know, they can go out there and shock the world one minute and then they can just roll over and have their bellies rubbed the next. Um, and then the Broncos, you know, the Broncos, you think that, uh, you know, Russ is, because you know, Russ has been playing fairly well this year, but, you know, then he makes those mistakes. And um, then the Broncos defense plays like mad dogs. And then next, you know, they're getting beat by a team they shouldn't be getting beat by. You know, I just, I believe that the Broncos are going to win this game against the Pats because, you know, is, is Zappy going to, is Zappy going to go out there and play, you know, play ball or, you know, or who, who's going to be the quarterback? You know, it's probably Zappy, right? Zappa or whatever mm-hmm. his name is. Yeah, Zappy. <clears throat> Zappy. Yeah. Yeah, so but my pick is going to be the Broncos. Unfortunately, I know we want the Broncos to lose, but could the Pats upset them? They could. They could. You know, there's always a chance, but I don't see it happen. I, I see. I see the Broncos winning and, and covering and covering the points. Yeah, the only like um, the only thing I'm really looking at there with them is. If somehow that the Broncos, so last week um, Russ was getting yelled at by Sean Payton. Maybe there's some little things that might fester up in there. That's a, it's the it's the hope that I'm that I'm looking at that maybe we get um, uh, Ramadre Stevens back for the Patriots. Maybe he can have a good game there. I don't know, but uh, the Broncos the, the are Broncos, also very. Uns- I'll say the Broncos, they're also very unsustainable on offense. These jump balls to Cortland Sutton is not sustainable to win games on a week-in, week-out basis. I mean, and that's why I think that – while I do think that I agree with you that the Broncos will probably end up winning this game, I think the Patriots cover. I, I I really do. They gave the Chiefs a really good fight, you know, so they're always – they're opportunistic defense. And if Jack – well, not Jack Jones. If uh, – what's his name? J.C. Jackson plays? Who knows, you know, so – I think the Pats could be in line for an upset pick here. So, you know, 
and hey, hope, there's going to be light snow. And, and there's going to be light snow in Denver. So Have you been in New England? Up being, maybe it, Huh? No, they're playing in in Denver, Man. I believe. I've been no, but have you have you been to Foxborough? <laughs> I've, been, I've yeah. been in Foxborough, Massachusetts during football season, mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. at Gillette Stadium when they got a foot of snow overnight. That place, Terrible. Is, it, yeah. I will they, say this: it. I had never seen anyone clean up snow like that so fast in my life. Nothing on the ground while I drove to work. They they are prepared for a foot of snow. It was wild. But uh, yeah, so hey, that's uh, that's our takes right now. If you want to see more of uh, Tim and I with Big G talking about uh, more of the Bengals culture, the Steelers cultures, um, uh, the matchups and everything, go on over to Strange Love. Uh, we will be on Saturday, that Saturday night game. Uh, that's pretty terrible. I wouldn't care if we went on any time during it. Um, but we'll go on at halftime. Um, the the I got some money on the Thursday night game, so tomorrow is gonna be a fun one. But um, the uh, the Saturday night games of Buffalo Bills at the Chargers, uh, no Brandon Staley, no GM. Like that's a dumpster fire over there. Buffalo's been playing well. I think that's gonna be a blowout. But we'll talk at halftime of that game for our roaring reactions. And I hope we're all in as good a mood as we are this right now this week and uh getting excited to have a wonderful christmas that's what i'm that's what i'm rooting for but Mm -hmm. uh hey tim justin thanks for joining as always and everybody out there listening we appreciate you share us with a friend get your friends to listen to us everybody that's a Bengals fan knows another Bengals fan let them know we're out here we're going to be giving you good content and if you're like me listening to um podcasts and everything we're we'll going to give you good content, but not useless content. I, I, I listen to people out there that do two rap shows, like they do a wrap-up after the game and then another analysis after that and another analysis after Calm down, man. You're not going <laughs> to see regurgitated takes here. You're going to see fresh stuff. When we get mm-hmm. when you get an alert from us, it's going to be fresh content talking about pertinent things on your Cincinnati Bengals. So check us out. And until then... Check us out next week as we are running through the jungle.